Psalm 78, verse 1. Give ear, O my people, to my law. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings of old. And that's meaning hidden things, forgotten things. I'm revealing them. I'm sharing them. Which we have heard and known and our fathers have told us. We will not hide them from their children. Telling to the generation to come the praises of the Lord and His strength and His wonderful works that He has done. For He established a testimony in Jacob and appointed a law in Israel which He commanded to our fathers, commanded our fathers that they should make them known to their children, that the generation to come might know them, the children who would be born, that they may arise and declare them to their children, that they may set their hope in God and not forget the works of God, but keep His commandments. And I would like to preach a message today that I have entitled, What's the Score? God is Winning. What's the Score? God is Winning. So when I say, What's the Score? You say, God is Winning. What's the Score? God is Winning. One more time. What's the Score? God is Winning. God is Winning. Let me pray. Father, thank You so much for Your Word. I pray, God, that You would just drive it home into our spirits today. And we give You praise for this in Jesus' name. Everybody say Amen. God bless you. You may be seated. There's nothing more exciting to me than a good game. I may not come across this way, but I am a very competitive person. There's just something about competitive sports, competition in general, that gets my blood pumping. Football, And what about that game, right? Auburn got smashed. Who who was that by? Uh, Ron? What? I forgot. Uh, Oh, Georgia. That's right, Georgia. Football, baseball, basketball, hockey, soccer, tennis, volleyball, track and field. Swimming, diving, badminton, which is set up in my backyard a lot with the kids coming home. Cricket, don't understand it. Scores like 329 to 7. I don't get that. Croquet, billiards, darts, bowling. The official game at Life Point back in the day was wiffle ball, boxing, wrestling. MMA, and how could I forget racing, NASCAR, drag racing, Formula One, Jared, Formula One, oh, NASCAR, that's right, Formula One, motorcycle racing, bicycle racing, mini kart racing, horse racing, I said that in church, didn't I? You don't always have to bet on these races, you know what I'm saying? Harness racing. Those little buggies, you know. Dog racing. We even raced frogs out of the sewage pond as adults 
at youth camp one year. Or even board games, checkers, chess, Monopoly, those other kind of games, Pictionary, card games, charades. My family used to play a game called Beaver Cleaver back in the day. And we would look for VW Beetles. And we would see a VW Beetle. Did anybody ever play that game before? And we would say, Beaver. And that was five points. But if it was a red one, we would say, Beaver Cleaver. And that was ten points. And so we would drive down the road on these long roads. Nobody had smartphones. We certainly didn't have DVD players in our cars. There were no DVD players back then. And we, we would play Beaver Cleaver. Beaver. 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 That's orange. It's not red. It's close enough. We play. Our rule in our family is orange is red. So Beaver Cleaver. And so we played Beaver Cleaver. And it got very competitive. My dad still to this day will pull out a game of I Spy. I spy something blue. And there we go. We're off and running, and it's competitive. Competition is a lot of fun. But it gets even better with a scoreboard, especially one with buzzers and horns and lights and videos and stats and scores on other games. Let me give you a little history of the scoreboard. This is according to mentalfloss.com. Harvard claims that its athletic association unveiled the nation's first scoreboard during a football game on Thanksgiving Day, 1893. While others say it was Penn that started this. For what it's worth, one of the earliest mentions of a scoreboard in the New York Times was on November 11, 1894, in an account of Penn's, Penn State's 12-zip win over Princeton at the Trenton Fairgrounds. When Yankee Stadium opened in 1923, it featured a large, manually operated scoreboard in right field that was visible to every spectator in the park. In 1950, the Yankees unveiled an electronic scoreboard that the team called, quote, the most efficient scoreboard ever built and, in general, a big stride forward. That's some creative writing, right? And... In general, a great big stride forward. Because it was operated by two men as opposed to five and featured a non-glare enamel covering. Before the 1959 season, the Yankees made another upgrade installing the first scoreboard to feature a changeable message display. The New York Times, which dubbed the new scoreboard the Electronic Miracle, Provided the specifics. The board will contain 11,210 lamps with a wattage of 115,000 watts, 619,000 feet of electric cable, will weigh 25 tons, not including the steel supporting structure, will have more than 4,860 push buttons. On the master control console. How about that audio visual back there? And we'll have a total face area of 4,782 square feet. Talk about a stride forward. The house that Jerry built, Cowboy Stadium, 
has the world's largest high-def TV for a scoreboard. It was developed by Mitsubishi. It's 180 foot by 71 feet. That's over 11,000 square feet of scoreboard. And I've seen that one in person. And what a scoreboard it is. The purpose of the scoreboard is to help us keep up with the score. Who's winning and who's losing. Our reading is a psalm of Asaph. It's called a mescal or a contemplation. Asaph was this gifted, talented singer-songwriter and musician that served both David and Solomon. This is the longest historical psalm, and it's categorized as a psalm of wisdom. The wording in verse 4, quote, We will not hide them from the children. We will tell the generation to come the praises of the Lord, unquote. In the Hebrew means to count, to tally, to add up, to compare, as if one is keeping score. The Lord is saying there is wisdom in remembering what the score is, who's winning, and who's losing. He says one generation should point to the scoreboard and say, look at that, God is winning, the enemy is losing. And Asaph goes through history and makes this irrefutable, indisputable, unequivocal, airtight, rock-solid case that God is indeed winning. He says, when we were trapped in Egypt, God sent Moses and we escaped. Enemy, zero. God, one. When we were stuck at the Red Sea, God sent an east wind and dried it up and we crossed over on dry ground. Enemy, zero. God, two. When we were facing a drought in the wilderness, God gave us water from a rock. Enemy, zero. God, three. When we were hungry in the wilderness, God gave us manna. And God gave us quail. Enemy, zero. God, four. When we faced giants in Canaan, God gave us the victory. Enemy, zero. God, five. Now, in all of these instances, listen, there were times when it looked like the enemy had the upper hand when it looked like he had the advantage, when it looked like he was going to get the win, but when the dust cleared and when the last buzzer sounded, the scoreboard said it all, and it was a big L in the devil's column and a big W in God's. I want to remind somebody today, no matter what's going on in your life, no matter what's going on in your world, our God is winning. No matter what is going on in Washington, D.C., or in Baton Rouge, Louisiana, or at the United Nations, my God is still winning. No matter what's going on in Syria, or Lebanon, or over in North Korea, my God is still winning. No matter what's going on in your bank account, on your job, in your family, my God is still winning. No matter what's happening with your children, with your health right now, I'm telling you, it may not look like it, but God is winning. He always wins, brothers and sisters. He always comes out on top. Amen? Don't let the devil push you around and play mind games with you. You keep believing. You keep staying the course. Don't back up. Don't back down because God is winning. 
He's always been a winner. He's winning now, and he will always be a winner. You are on the winning side. If God is for us, who can be against us? He always causes us to triumph. Now, it's wise to listen to saints who have faced overwhelming obstacles when it looked like there was no way and God seemed to be out of the picture and then God showed up and changed everything. Miss Cynthia, I want you to tell us about a time when it looked like it was over and God came through. When I was about six or seven years old, my dad took the pastorate of a little church in Ohio City, Ohio, and uh, very few people was on the other side of the tracks. My mom said it looked like a chicken coop. But anyway, we kept working, getting more people. But one night I woke up and looked out the window, and the church was on fire. It burned completely to the ground. We had no money, didn't know what we were going to do. Everyone came to our house. It was like a funeral because they didn't know what they were going to do. We rented a little building on Main Street. And next to it was another building that my dad had a dream about, and he saw a church. It said United Pentecostal Church on that building. He called the people. They were foreign people. They said, we know sell of the building. No, that's our retirement. We know sell of the building. And he said, well, I must have just had too much pizza before I went to bed. But a few days later, they called up and said, we sell of the building. We no sleep. We no eat. We sell of the building. And so we bought the building for a little dab of nothing, fixed it up. And a lot of the people didn't like us on Main Street. But some young people kept coming in because I think kind of rebellious. But there was one young man that I saw there that came several times. He would come from the bar, and he would come to the church. And he would get pray, and then he would go back out, and then he'd come back. And when I moved to Louisiana, I found out that it was Mike Gish who pastored a little church next to this campground here. God won because people were, young people were saved, and Jesus always comes out the window. Wow, awesome. Is that amazing, right? Enemy zero. God won. Look like the building burned down. It's over. But God came through. And what a history and what a story. Let's, let's step down a, a generation or two or three. Valerie Leday, tell me about a time when God came through. Um, let's see. About um, maybe 13, 14 years ago, I was on this job. It was horrible. I was stressed. I was miserable the whole nine yards. So I um, had a friend of mine, Mark Thomas, who works for the state, who is my boss, his boss, his boss. <laughs> um, and um, so I called him up. I'm like, I need a job. I got to get away from this job. And so he said, yeah, sure. Okay, I'll, I'll get you on. So um, the night before the interview, I was sitting at my desk in faith. I was writing my resignation letter to my boss. And so my resignation letter consisted of only two sentences because I was just ready to get away from that job. But I, I, I said to God while I was writing the letter, I said, I need something to happen in this interview to let me know that, um, that I had the job. Well, the next morning, go for the interview. The weather was bad. I got lost. I mean, it was just horrible. Got there late. Um, so I get in the interview, and the guy that interviews me, and it's just uh, the interview was so informal in so many ways, like, the guy didn't even have the bottom shirt of his shirt buttoned. I mean, people were, no, it was just, people were walking in. He was checking email while he was interviewing me. And I'm like, God, 
this is just not real. <laughs> and this is a professional place. So um, I guess just with all the distraction that he had going on, he said, um, look, he said, I'm interested in you. He asked me maybe two or three questions. He said, I'm interested in giving you the job. Just talk to this man right here. Have a nice day. Okay, well, then I talked to Mark. And so uh, Mark said, um, well, um, yeah, you know, I'll, I'll get with you later on that day. So I go on to my job, hand my boss in faith the letter of resignation, okay? So I talked to Mark later that day. He's like, I didn't tell you that you had the job. I said, you want to give me a job? <laughs> I turned in my letter of resignation. But anyway, I quit the job. Mark bought me on. He said, okay, you have to take a test. I'll bring you on for three months. You have to take a test, and you have to pass it. I'll let you work for three months, but if you don't pass the test, the state test, in three months, then, you know, I'm not going to be able to keep you. Well, I took the test five times. I needed a score of 90. So um, the fourth time I took it and did not pass it, each time I was maybe a couple of points away, an 88, an 89, 87, like right there. So um, Mark said, okay, here's the deal. The new administration is coming on, Bobby Jindal's administration. He said, you have got to pass this test. If you don't pass the test, I have to let you go because they're going to be looking into this. And I said, okay. So I go to fifth time, and the ladies knew me. They were like, you never passed the test yet. I'm like, no, I'm, you know, I'm, I'm going to get there. <laughs> so, but I knew that I just felt like that interview was just very informal, very casual. I felt like this would be my job. So I took the test the fifth time and um, got the score, and got, I needed a 90. God gave me a 92, praise the Lord. So I passed the test before the new administration. But when they start talking about cuts, I, I have my, my score sheets in my drawer, and I always remind the Lord that, God, you gave me this job. And if anybody's going to leave this job, it's not going to be me because you gave me this job. But I just want to say that God is faithful. Sometimes whatever God has for us, sometimes it may be a little struggle, may be a little fight, but don't quit. I took the test five times, and I got a 92. Two and I needed a 90. So God is faithful. Come on, amen. How about that, right? Enemy zero, God two, right here in these stories. The Lord came through. But let's take it down another generation or, or two or three. Uh, Trey, son, stand up. This is Trey right here. He's the guy with the wooden bow tie on. Why don't you say something? Playing the bass for us. So my dad's a pastor, and we used to live in a town called Spring Branch, Texas. Beautiful town. We had a two-story house, two acres. It was really great. I was going to go to this 4A, 5A school. Really awesome. going to join the swim team. I was in marching band. Awesome. And then we got called to De Quincey. And so we went, went to De Quincey, and God called Dad. And I, I was like, but he didn't call me. And I just started looking at the past. And just kept looking at it, and I allowed the spirit of depression to come up on me. And there were some days I was like, there's De Quincey's a big old railroad town. I was like, man, I could just go lay down the tracks and just go. But there was one night I just came in, thinking I'm a musician, just coming on and messing with the piano. And then the Lord just came up on me and moved. And I didn't have any really joy, but from that day on, I know specifically God gave me that joy. And from then on, I haven't looked back. And I've continued on in De Quincey in here. Awesome, awesome. How about that? The devil want, had a, the devil was trying to take him out, but the devil failed, right? Big zero for the enemy, 
a big score, a big win. There's a third one right there just in this congregation. How many of you has God come through when it looked like there was no way and the Lord made a way where there seemed to be no way? Why? What's the score? What's the score? God is winning and God always will win. Amen? And there's been others. I know some of your stories. Wesley and Kelly, the devil tried to take you all out this last year. Sent everything he had your direction. Dwight tried to take you out this year. Sent everything he had your direction. But the Lord came through. The devil failed. God is still winning. Mario, the enemy tried to take you out. But God is still winning. Russell and Cassandra, there's so many. Danielle, there's so many others. I could go on and on and on. But God is winning. The enemy is a liar and he's defeated. The Lord is always one. He is a winner. Give him some praise right now. Can you do it? I got to hurry. There's wisdom in remembering the score. Here's the bottom line. He's no respecter of persons. If he did it for them, he'll do it for you today. He's always one, and he'll help you as well. And listen, one day the last buzzer is going to sound, and when that happens, the Lord is going to bring home a bride without spot or wrinkle or any such thing. It doesn't matter what the culture says. It doesn't matter what religion says. It doesn't matter what the bank says or the bill collector. I'm telling you, the devil's a liar. God is still on the throne. He's got a calling on your life. He's got a plan for your life. He has plans to prosper you and give you a hope and a future. Now, in Exodus chapter 17, there's this wonderful story. The children of Israel were attacked at Rephidim by the Amalekites. And as long as Moses was on the mountain holding up his arms, Joshua led an army in the valley below, and they were victorious over the Amalekites. Aaron and Hur held up Moses' arms when he got tired, and Israel won this decisive victory over Amalek. Verse 16 says that Moses built an altar at that place and called it Jehovah Nisi, because the Lord will make war with the Amalekites from generation to generation. Jehovah Nisi means the Lord is my banner. It was as if Moses was the first scoreboard, and he was holding up this scoreboard, reminding the children of Israel when they looked up, God is winning. The Amalekites are losing. Don't forget it. God is winning. It was a scoreboard. It's like he was waving a checkered flag at a race, and he was saying, first place to God. God wins. And Moses essentially says, every generation is going to face its Amalekites. And when you're overwhelmed and you feel like God can't take them, remember the score is the enemy always loses and God always wins. Enemy zero, the Lord winning. God's up there and his victory is our checkered flag. It belongs to us. He's never lost, and he's not going to start losing with your situation today. Now, every now and then, we have to remind each other what the score is. I remember, and you've heard some stories. Let me give you a couple of my own. I remember when we lived in Bossier City many years ago, and Valerie was in the office of an oncologist facing a daunting situation. But up above us was a checkered flag that was waving, saying, I've already given you the victory. By my stripes, you are healed. Stand in faith. 
and cancer lost, and my God won. He is Jehovah Rapha, the Lord who heals me of all my diseases. I remember when we lived in Baltimore years ago, and Alexander was facing an impossible diagnosis and prognosis, and up above us was a checkered flag that was waving, saying, I've already given you the victory. You just need to stand in faith. And one day his teacher, Miss Sue, came out and said, Mrs. Hill, in my 21 years of teaching, I've never seen anything like this. Your son just completed one year's worth of his IEP goals in one day. And Alexander was never the same after that moment and is in college in St. Louis today. The enemy lost and God won. Isaiah 59 says, So shall they fear the name of the Lord from the west and his glory from the rising of the sun. When the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Amen. My God is winning. Can you give him some praise? One of the things I love about the New York Yankees is this. They don't win. I know I'm getting pushed back. I feel it in the spirit. I rebuke you in the name of Jesus. You Yankee haters. They don't wear their names on the back of their jerseys. They never have in 116 years. It's all about the team. Looky here. Look what I just found. It's all about the team. And... They've won over 40 American League pennants. I mean, I hate, I hate to remind you of this and drive this home. But they've won over 40 American League pennants, 27 World Series. And although they've had some of the biggest names in the business, Babe Ruth, Lou Gehrig, Joe DiMaggio, Mickey Mantle, Whitey Ford, Mr. October, Reggie Jackson, Derek Jeter, Mario Rivera, one of my favorites, and we just saw him in Houston this year, Aaron Judge. Well, even though they have these big names and many others, it wasn't about their names. It was about their franchise. And when you are a believer in Jesus, it's not about your name. It's about his name. It's about the team that you're on. You're not your own. You've been bought with a price, and your team is destined to win. It's not you, but it's who owns you and who's managing you and who's coaching you and who's already won the game for you. Jesus said, upon this rock, I will build my church, and the gates of hell shall not prevail against it. Let me ask you again. What's the score? What's the score? My God is winning. Stand with me right now. My God is win- winning. I want, I want to encourage you. Keep believing. Keep standing in faith. Having done all to stand, stand therefore. Fight the good fight of faith. Keep being faithful. I'm telling you, if you will not faint, you will reap a harvest in due season. You just keep believing. You keep hanging on because God is going to come through. God is going to make a way where there seems to be no way. When it seems all hope is gone, when it seems like the enemy's got the upper hand, when it seems like he's going to defeat you, it may look that way, but brothers and sisters, we get our strength from up there on the hill where our Lord is waving the flag 
And he's saying, I've already given you the victory. You just keep fighting. You keep trusting me. You keep believing me. I'm ever living to make intercession for you. My hands are never coming down. I'm always going to win. You keep believing. And you just press forward. Because when it looks like all hope is gone. I got a friend. I'm sorry. I'm going to go ahead and take the hat off. I know, Ray, you don't want me to take the hat off. I'm going to go ahead and take it off. Uh, But here's the deal. I got a friend. The Lord has all these compound names in the Old Testament. Jehovah Nisi, Jehovah Rapha, Jehovah Sidkenu, uh, and on and on. And I got a friend that has one he calls, he made up. He, he, he came, those are Hebrew, Hebrewisms, Hebraisms. He calls his that he made up is Jehovah Nick of Time. Jehovah Nick of Time. How many of you found Jehovah Nick of Time? Dottie Peoples used to say it. He may not come when you want him, but he's going to be there right on time because he's an on-time God. If you'll just keep believing, if you'll keep standing in faith, the Lord will send his mighty angels. The Lord will send his word. The Lord will get whatever you need gotten, gotten to you. He'll get it to you. He'll get it to you. He'll get the help to you. My help doesn't come from the from the from the east or the south or the north. My help comes from the Lord. Some trust in chariots and horses. We trust in the name of the Lord our God. He's a winner. He's always winning. It's not about Life Point or Donovan. It's about Jesus. He's still on the throne. He still knows how to get what you need to you. If you'd bow your heads with me, close your eyes all across this room. Now, Father, I've preached what you laid on my heart. It's exalting you, Lord. You're a winner. You're a keeper of your promises and your word. You're not a man that you should lie. But you're true. You're the almighty God. Same power that raised Jesus from the dead is in this house today. It looked like all hope was gone in those days when the body of Christ was in the tomb. But on the third day, you arose victorious. And Lord, it doesn't always look like we're winning, but we know to trust you because our Sunday's coming. It may be Friday, it may be Saturday, but our Sunday morning is coming and our help is coming from the Lord. And you're going to make a way where there seems to be no way.